Hi, my name is Caroline, and I'm so glad that you're joining us on our Grace Journey podcast. At Grace Church, we are all about knowing God and reflecting His way. I hope this sermon will do just that by feeding your mind with the knowledge of God and engaging your heart to live a life reflecting His grace and truth. So last Christmas, my kids, for their gift to me, gave me an Alexa. Maybe you know what Alexa is, one of those smart speakers. There's several of them on the, ma- on the market now. Um, and the first thing that you have to know about Alexa when you get one is you can't say her name uh, too readily because then she starts answering you and you don't mean to, uh, to, to talk to her. But what I also discovered very quickly is how much I loved ordering her around. I felt very much like a Bond villain who had a henchwoman now who I could just tell to do my bidding whenever I felt like it. Uh, you know, I would tell her to turn the lights on and off just because I could. I would tell her to play my favorite song just because I could. Uh, I wanted, when I wanted information, I would just sort of say, hey, Alexa, tell me, the, uh, tell me how old uh, Joe Biden is or President Trump is, and then she obeys, and how awesome is that? to have somebody in your house who is always listening just to obey you. Uh, it's amazing. It was amazing. And when, when, uh, when we first got Alexa, I was compelled uh, to actually say thank you when she would give me uh, the things that I asked her to give me. Uh, but then I realized, pish posh, I don't need to do such a thing. She's here to serve me. I don't need to ask to tell her thank you. This is her, her, her delight is to serve me, and that's good. And everything was great until our internet went down. And what you need to know about Alexa is that she must have the internet to work. So when our internet was coming and going and not working properly and Alexa was not doing her job and I would ask her to do something and she would say, I'm so sorry, but I'm not connected to the internet right now and I would think you are useless. You have no purpose. You were here to serve me and now you do not. what I had become so used to so quickly was gone, just like that. I had just taken Alexa for granted, and then just like that, when my internet goes away, she went with it, and I was devastated. And as we come to this week, uh, this Thursday obviously being Thanksgiving, I was thinking about things that I give thanks for, things that I appreciate. And I have to say, it wasn't uh, too far as I started to make a little list for myself of things that I'm grateful for that I found myself giving thanks for something like the internet. Uh, I thought, wow, I'm really grateful for that. I'm grateful for uh, just several things. I'll share with you what I wrote down on my little list of things I'm grateful for. I'm thankful for uh, Amazon Prime delivery. Uh, That is amazing and has truly changed my life. Uh, I'm thankful for my relatively stable mood, though others in my family may argue against that. Uh, I'm thankful for my, uh, my lay flat pillow. That has just uh, radically changed the neck pain that I used to have, and I love it. Uh, I'm thankful for this freedom that we have to choose everything from clothes to the way that you get your news to the entertainment that we get to pick. And now I'm thinking here about Disney Plus that just came out. Hooray! Wow! This is incredible. Movies that I haven't seen in years or suddenly now have, I have access to. There's so many things I'm grateful for, and yet... As I began to think about these lists of things that I'm grateful for, I found myself also thinking about the people that I am grateful for, the people that I have come to so much appreciate. The flip side of that, though, is, of course, 
how much I take some of those people for granted. The people that I am so grateful for that I just sort of assume, well, they're going to be there. They're going to be a part of my life, and so I don't need to think about that very much. They're just doing what they're supposed to do, and I found myself wondering about how they perceive me as taking them for granted. In fact, some of the most shameful memories I have in my life are the times in which I have taken somebody who's important to me for granted. Because with my actions, with my thoughts, with my very words sometimes, I have communicated that I'm more important, that what I want is more important, that what is significant to me is more important than their needs or wants or desires, than who they actually are. I have communicated all of that, and I am embarrassed about it. Because I have not thought about their needs or their desires. I have not considered that they are just as important as mine. I came first. And I bet that each one of you has a similar memory. A moment that maybe it was in your youth, hopefully it wasn't recently. A story that you might sheepishly share about a time in which you discovered that you were taking your mom or your dad or a coworker or your spouse for granted, and you're embarrassed by it. It's embarrassing when we do this. More than embarrassing, it's quite painful because we hurt people who are so important to us when we take them for granted. What about God? What about when we take God for granted? What happens to us? What goes on inside of us? What is going on in our relationship with God when we take him for granted? What happens when we take the one who is the author of salvation, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the creator and redeemer of mankind, when we take that guy, that trinity, for granted like some of our other relationships? Well, I'll tell you this, it's toxic. It's toxic for us personally because we begin to see ourselves, of course, as the center of the world. It's toxic for our relationships with each other because we begin to see people as commodities to be used when we take God for granted. And when we take God for granted, we begin to see this world, this place that he created for us, as a place that has been designed to please and serve just us, just me. Toxic when we take God for granted because you and I become the center of the universe. We take the chief seat in the kingdom and we displace him. And actually, you might say, well, you know, I've never taken God for granted, or I, I try not to, or I'm working against that. Well, here's some simple tests. Here's some ways that you can decide if you're actually taking God for granted. Do you miss God? Do you notice whether he's in your life? Do you have a low or perhaps no commitment to the things that God cares about? Do you even know what God cares about? If you don't, I'm going to tell you it's low or none. Do you share your dreams? Do you share your life with God? 
Does he hear from you what you're thinking about, what's going on in your thought process? Or is it in your world like, well, he's God, he should know. I mean, that's what God does, right? If you can say yes to any of those things, then I'm going to tell you that you are acting as if you are fine without him. That you're totally fine without him. You're not, but that's exactly how you're acting, and that's what you're communicating to God. You have, in all intents, for all intents and purposes, taken God for granted. And when you take God for granted, what you're doing is you're making inside of yourself a little melting pot of toxicity, a little place that uh, unhealth can grow and foster. And you will be toxic to yourself and to your relationships and to this world that we live in. But here's the thing that I want to remind you about this summer, this today, this Sunday, is that Jesus is king. And not just a king, he is the king. Today, all of our scriptures were revolving around the fact that Christ is the king, the only one, and he is uninterested in sharing his throne with you or with anyone or anything else. That's what we're reminded about today. Look at our first, our our reading from Colossians 1. You can follow along with me. I'm just going to read it back right back to you. This is Paul writing about Christ, and he says, he is the head of the body the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. Why is he the firstborn from the dead? Good news, Paul tells you, so that he might come to have first place in everything. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of his cross. You see, brothers and sisters, Paul is reminding us that Jesus is above everything. He was the first thing. And so when you take the first thing for granted, you lose everything. Do you think God's okay with being taken for granted? I mean, we're talking a lot about us right now, but what do you think about how God thinks about being taken for granted? Well, one, Paul tells us, He came to be the first place in everything. So we know that he's not okay. But in fact, our our reading from Jeremiah 23, it tells us explicitly what he thinks about it. Because in that passage, God, through Jeremiah, is telling the leaders of Israel what he thinks about their leaders and their leadership specifically. And here's what he writes. Here's what the Lord says through Jeremiah. I will attend to you for your evil doings, says the Lord. Anybody nervous about that? That makes me nervous. I will attend to you for your evil doings, says the Lord. My first thought is, what are my evil doings? Because I don't want to be attended to by the Lord. Oh, my goodness. That should give you incredible pause, because it does me. But it also reminds us that he is not looking the other way. While we take him, his creation, his call to love and to serve, his mission of rescue to the world that he has invited us to be a part of, he is not looking the other way when we say, you know what, I got Disney Plus today, God. When we take him for granted, his 
kingdom for granted. He's not looking away. What he is reminding us in Jeremiah is, I will attend to you for your evil deeds. There will be a reckoning. Now, as you feel the weight of that, and I want you to, let's not leave it right there, though. Let's look at Luke 23. This gospel passage that you're probably pretty familiar with, hopefully you are, if you have been in church for any uh, length of time, whether it's been a long time or you're, uh, since you've been, this is Jesus on the cross, one of the most important events in the history of the world. What I want you to see today is here we have this king, this king who has come willingly to give himself as a criminal, tried as a criminal by us. Though he was innocent, though the criminals he was with said he's innocent, they said he's not like us. The leaders of the day said, he seems bad, he seems wrong. He is a problem to us. Let's get rid of him. And it's in the midst of this incredible scene where Jesus is being crucified that this king asks of his father, who we know from Jeremiah will be attending to our evil ways. He asks of his father, forgive them. Forgive them. Forgive them. That is stunning. Forgive them because they don't know what they're really doing. So he's not looking, uh, looking away at all. In fact, he's looking right at us as we have embraced a toxic life, a life that has ignored God, a life that takes him for granted, a life that considers him moderately significant on maybe Christmas and Easter, and particularly when you have a health issue, God is really important. But otherwise, we got this. Jesus says to us, to his father, about us, forgive them. What I want you to see today in Luke 23 is in the one moment that we actually chose not to neglect God, we chose to kill him. That was our choice. We said, okay, we won't neglect you. We'll hang you on the cross. That's what we do. And why Jesus didn't give up on us I have no idea, because I certainly would have given up on us. No question about it. Instead, he chooses to die for the lost, the arrogant, the neglectful, the evil, and the willfully broken. That's me. I'm talking about myself here. And I think I'm talking about you too. And it's our king who says, forgive them. Forgive them. He knows that we don't miss him. We don't take him to account because of our own self-delusion, because of our self-aggrandizement. He knows that we think about ourselves more than anything else. He knows that we aren't really committed to his kingdom or to him as king. Our actions typically show it. He knows that we think on a general basis that we are fine without him. But he also knows none of that's true, that we need him so, so desperately. And because of that, he came and he lived as an innocent person, didn't commit any sins. We crucified him, and then he rose again. That's our king. That's the king that we celebrate today. And this week, as we get ready for Thanksgiving, 
It is this perfect moment to pause and yet again ask for that forgiveness, to receive that forgiveness. If you haven't asked God to forgive you in a long time, today is the perfect day to do it again for the ways in which you have willfully neglected him and embraced a toxic life. Today is the perfect day to examine and increase your actual commitments to him and to his kingdom. Rather than just giving lip service or just saying, well, look, I showed up on church on Sunday. That surely is enough, right, God? Instead, to engage in his kingdom, today is the perfect day to start that and to have an actual relationship with him where you share what's going on inside of you. Does he know? Yes. Does he want to hear you say it? Yes. Does he want to talk about it with you? Yes. We need to decide to commit and engage with this king, the king, so that we might be saved. That's the offer today. You want to be saved? Commit and engage. Don't forget, you will decide one way or another. You will either decide to recognize him as king of all here and now in this life or on that terrible day of judgment when all is laid bare before heaven and earth. You will decide that day. It will be one or the other. For me, sooner than later is a good idea. I think for all of us that the only way for us to go forward is to stop taking the king of, king of glory for granted. That day will come to an end when he reveals himself to us in glory, so we need to address that right now. Taking God for granted is toxic. God is not Alexa. He is not just there listening, waiting for you to ask something of him. He wants to have a relationship with you. He is way better than Alexa. And yet for some of you, you talk to him less than you talk to Alexa. He's given us the cure. The cure is this radical sharing of all that we have with him and with the folks that he's put us in life with. He's given us one of these radical cures, and that is a prayer life built with him where we get to hear from him what he is in love with. One of the radical cures we can take is this uh, truthful assessment of ourselves, of how helpless and hurting and lost and broken we really are, and then act on this because our Savior King has given us a way out. One of the greatest stories that you're about to see in the next few months several times um, on, on TV is a story that is quite old now called A Christmas Carol written by Charles Dickens. To perfectly illustrate what I'm talking about here today, Scrooge is a man who has taken God and his entire world for granted. And what did his world do? They wrote him off. Why spend time with him? Why do we need Scrooge? He's just a bitter, old, lonely person who wants nothing more than himself, so give him himself. That was the Dickens tale until he's visited by these three ghosts who remind him that life is so much larger. Dickens actually wrote A Christmas Carol 
to help us realize the message of the cross, to stop taking things for granted. That's the whole point of it. So when you see it on TV, I want you to be reminded that this is a moment not just to be entertained by this classic story, but that the hidden message, maybe not so hidden, honestly, is that there's a moment for us to not take God for granted. But when we do, we become like Scrooge. And that was never God's intent. We are called and, in fact, invited into being giving, sharing, loving, prayer-filled people who think less of ourselves than our king. Is that you? Is that what you want? That is the invitation of the cross today. So let me pray for us. Father, we thank you that you didn't make us worship you. You didn't make us love you. You gave us a choice. And so right now, we hear again your words on the cross Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. And yet, Lord, that truth has been revealed to us. We do know what we're doing today when we are neglectful and take you for granted. And so forgive us. Help us to experience that forgiveness. And Lord, help us to be like Scrooge in the morning after where we give and love recklessly because of what you have done in us, because of how good you are. Help us to see you as our king, and recognize that we are so free when you are in the right seat. And when you change us, God, when you make us new, I pray that we would continue in this journey with you to be changed. We ask this in your son's name. Amen. Thanks again for listening. To find out more about what's going on here at Grace Church, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, our website, graceocala.org, or of course, on our campus here in sunny Ocala, Florida. Go in peace.